You don't pay at all for Letterbox? No, I don't pay at all for Letterbox. Lucas, you're missing out. I, I, am I? Yeah. Walk me through what I'm missing. Here, because there, there's the there's the lower tier and then the higher tier. The higher tier, you're not missing anything. Like, that is just, okay. you know, I, there's little features that are not important. But yeah. the lower tier, what is the main feature that I love? Um, stats. Stats, yeah. It, trust me, you're going to like having stats. I do love stats. That's the one thing. You're, you me. need stats. It's I'm a big fan of stats. It's great. It, okay. it, it puts together all of your viewing history. It'll tell you like, but it's like, here are all the like series where you've completed them or where you're like close to completing them um, in a way that I find, you know, nice. Um, I do. I do love uh, people organizing data in interesting ways yeah. for me to consume. It's, so it's um, nice <laughs> to see like what what is your most watched director of all time or like yeah yeah you know things like that. I might have to do it. I might have to yeah, do it. We'll see. I don't do anybody's Patreon either or anything like that. Like I'm here's what I, I just here's the I here's the hack for Letterbox okay. is they always have a Black Friday sale um mm. for their membership and so it's like 12 That's bucks right. a year or something like okay. that i mean okay. you can i promise you can spare it i can i can okay black friday yeah. here i come yeah. Great. <laughs> welcome to feeling it a podcast where we discuss tv movies pop culture and whether or not we are feeling it if this is your first time joining us welcome to the show and here we go come on talk and talk Want to hear something neat? It's showtime! Hold your ears, folks. Here we go! See what you can do now. Take your position. All right, ladies, buckle up. Let's do this. Hold on to your butts. Seriously? Listen to me very, very carefully. Hey, it's me again. Eat him up. Enjoy. Hello and welcome. This week, we are giving you our Oscar predictions ahead of the ceremony on March 12th. So if you are betting on the Oscars this year, this is your place to, uh, well, I, I almost said this is your place to get all the answers, but <laughs> based on some previous years, <laughs> this is your place to argue over the answers with us. Right. <laughs> so um not gonna not gonna be on the line for for your oscar or your oscar bets so um but before we get started there let's introduce ourselves and answer the question what oscar nominees do you still have to watch before the ceremony my name is sandra omstutz i live here in nashville tennessee and um i definitely want to see triangle of sadness before the oscar ceremony and then I will probably try to see Elvis. I don't – I'm not looking mm-hmm. forward to Elvis, but I want to, like, know what the big deal is, you know? I would say the big deal in Elvis is how terrible Tom Hanks is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But... I've heard that. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I heard one person on the podcast say Tom Hanks is so bad in Elvis that, like, they made them think, like, have we all been, like, scammed into thinking Tom Hanks is a great actor? And I mean, <laughs> and then he watched Sleepless in Seattle, and he was like, "Oh no, 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 no!" Like, no, he's, he's great. great. Yeah, yeah. I watched League of Their Own after Elvis, and was like, "No, no, no, no. he's good. He's yeah. good. <laughs> I still believe in him." <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, well, I'm Lucas Wright from Chicago, and I have two movies that I feel like. Well, no, no, no. One movie. I have one movie. <laughs> I have tried to to watch Babylon twice oh, already. Yeah. And just have stopped it five minutes in wow. and just be like, I don't want to watch this. <laughs> so I still feel like I need to watch it before the Oscars, but it is very long and it is a uh, subject matter I'm not interested in. Um, but So we'll we'll see if I get through The subject it. matter being cocaine? Cocaine, Hollywood uh, in the, you know, in the 20s. Just yeah. the, yeah, it just seems like out of control party so, 
that there's a clip from Babylon that I have seen over and over because it's been on TikTok, um, mm. and it's a great clip. And it's like, yeah, okay, if the movie was just this, <laughs> I w- would definitely get into it. Yeah. Um, for anyone who's curious, it's a clip of Margot Robbie like crying on camera. I bet I, I think that's probably self-explanatory if you've seen the movie. Yeah. Um, if Babylon was a Best Picture nominee, I think I would be more inclined yes. to like get it I, done. Same, same. And if Margot Robbie were in more of the movie, that's a great point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if Margot Robbie were in more of the movie, it would yeah. ha- help a lot of movies. <laughs> It would. It would. <laughs> so so we'll see if I get around to it. Yeah. And so uh, that's the only one. That's really the only one that I that like there are movies that have been nominated that I am just saying like it's not gonna happen. Have you seen um, all of the best picture nominees? I have seen all the best picture nominees, yes. Here's a, here's a question for you. Have you seen mm-hmm. The Whale? <laughs> no. Okay. I I'm not <laughs> seeing the whale either. Yeah. Normally I try to watch all the best picture nominees and all of the writing and directing and acting nominees. This year, I have seen all the writing and directing and um, nominees, but some of the acting nominees, I'm just, this just out of left field in places that I'm just like, I have no interest in this movie. I can't, I'm not going to spend time watching this sure. movie. Sure. You're on your own. Good luck. I to was, you. <laughs> I was very grateful that the whale didn't get a best picture nominee so that I didn't yeah. have to like, right. Hem exactly. and haw. About if it had gotten that it. nominee, I would have watched Interesting, it. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, personally, I, I think I should disclaim that I have not seen All Quiet on the Western Front and I, I don't plan mm-hmm. on it. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> um, do you feel like before we get into the predictions, do you feel like you have seen all of the winners from your prediction list? Um, let me see. I mean, I, I, I think All Quiet on the Western Front is going to win some things. Okay. So, yeah. uh, no. Um, all right. But I think uh, I've seen the big winner of the night. <laughs> that's true since we have seen uh all of the good ones i, th- I would yeah. say <laughs> then we've definitely seen that one so um well before we dive deeper into our oscar predictions um every week we like to talk about something we've either discovered or rediscovered so sandra tell us what you're feeling this week so i am very late to the game on this um i have recently discovered by recommendation of my good friend rockmore um the off menu podcast um the off menu podcast is hosted by um comedians Ed Gamble and James Acaster they're both british comedians that i know Love them. yeah yeah I, of course you know them um <laughs> i know them primarily through like taskmaster and other british mm-hmm. game shows or comedy talk shows um i have seen some of james acaster's stand up and i've always i've really liked it Um, so I've, I've been familiar and I have like a warm familiarity with both of them. And, um, I had actually listened to one episode of this podcast a long time ago because, or it felt like a long time ago, at least because I, whenever Joel Kim Booster, a comedian that I adore is on a podcast and he like posts about it, I'll go and listen to that podcast. So I've, (laughs) I've tested, sampled a lot of podcasts because Joel Kim Booster has been on them and likes to do a lot of podcasts, apparently. <laughs> um, so I had listened to this one, enjoyed it, but no, didn't think much of it. Then Rockmore recommended that, like, he's like, oh, I'm really into this podcast. And so I finally started giving it a chance and listening to multiple episodes. The premise of the Off Menu podcast is that um, these two comedians invite their guests on 
and they tell their guests, you're in a magical restaurant where you get to choose your entire menu for the evening and it can be anything you want. So it could be the, the starter could be the most perfect starter you had at like a fancy restaurant in Paris. The main can be, you know, your grandmother's meatloaf that you adore and your grandmother passed away 10 years ago and if, what, what you would do to have her meatloaf again. Um, the dessert could be the exact birthday cake you had when you were six years old. It could be, you know, a perfect pie you had at a diner in Georgia, whatever it is. Um, and so you get to listen to usually a celebrity or another comedian um, talk through what their perfect meal would be and, and why and all the stories that are associated with all of those foods. Um I am someone who really loves food and cooking, and so this podcast has been the perfect thing to just put on while I'm cooking, um, or it, it, I would just say it's very easy listening, um, and it's lovely, and I, I've been having so much fun working through their catalog and just, you know, pounding through episodes. Um, have you ever listened to this podcast, Lucas? I haven't. I haven't heard of it. Oh. It sounds like a very interesting way of like listening to celebrities and like what the, what their thoughts are on lives. Because I feel like a lot of the celebrity interview podcasts and stuff like that, you get the same basic questions and the same basic answers. Sure. But something like this, you can dive into people's like history and like what actually is meaningful to them. So that sounds like an interesting way of getting to the you know to the heart of a person. Well, one, I think you would enjoy this because of of course they do have like a lot of other British comedians on that they are For friends sure. with. Yeah. Um yeah, also like they get to have like I so here's some of the episodes I've listened to so far. I'm starting with people that I'm familiar with that I really like. Um first of all, I will say the Joel Kim Boost episode is really good because it's kind of an outlier for them in a lot of ways because Joel Kimbooster starts the episode by saying, like, I am not a food person. Like, I, if it were up to me, I wouldn't eat. Like, <laughs> eating is something I have to do every day, not something I look forward to. Um, one thing that he's, like, he explains on the podcast that I, I kind of know through his social media presence is he's, like, very into working out. He's not into eating. And so one thing that he'll do just to get like calories and protein in is he will cook a plain skinless chicken breast in the microwave until it's like safe to eat and then blend it with water and a little bit of olive oil and then drink that as fast as he can this guy sounds like a serial killer (laughs) i know but it's just like (laughs) just like yeah i'm just like trying to get the food into my body because i like oh my god scientifically need calories there are other ways to do that that aren't that disgusting (laughs) (laughs) i think he i think he you know works through a lot of like options but like that is one of them yeah. Um, oh my gosh. So the the episode's really interesting to have someone come at it from that perspective. You know, like mm-hmm. what the times when he does eat for pleasure, what does he eat and what are the circumstances? And it's it's a really funny episode. Um so you have perspectives like that. Then you also have I listened to um the Stanley Tucci episode, which of course mm. is like yes. you know, he's listing off you know the the most 
authentic and fancy restaurants in France and mm-hmm. Italy he's ever been yes. to <laughs> or like his own you know experience cooking um very like authentic Italian food and it's you know mm-hmm. so impressive you know yeah um I've also I recently listened to the Paul Shear episode Paul Shear is someone who seems to like really enjoy restaurants like a lot of people like there's a healthy mix of restaurants and home food and um, mm-hmm. And Paul Shear's like, no, 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 let me tell you about all the restaurants I love, <laughs> um, which feels very fitting. Um, Paul Meskel very recently was on the podcast, um, mm-hmm. and his was an amazing episode. If you're a Paul Meskel fan, like, I have become a big one, um, I would highly recommend his episode. One thing that I also really love about podcasts is when the famous guest clearly is a fan of the podcast um yeah and that's not always the case sometimes like you're listening to a podcast and you're like wow this guest really doesn't understand the tone of what this podcast usually yeah. is yeah because they're too famous <laughs> in this one paul meskel is like no i love this podcast he's so excited to be there he gets along with the guys so easily um so that is a great starter episode for anyone um it's recent, it's a famous person, and it's fun. So highly, highly recommend the Off Menu podcast. Nice. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out. That sounds great. Um, what are you feeling this week? Um, this week, I am feeling a 1957 movie called Designing Women. <laughs> um, this movie... Um, is a Vincent Minnelli movie. So if you love his musicals, um, I think you're also going to love this. This is not a musical, but this is my, um, kind of a, a relationship comedy uh, romance between Gregory Peck and Lauren Bacall. Um, Gregory Pe- Peck plays a sports reporter, and Lauren Bacall plays a fashion designer. And they meet while traveling. They fall in love, and they get married. And only when they get back home to New York do they start to realize what each other's lives look like. Mm. Um, And they clash over friends and lifestyles and ex-lovers and all of this stuff that it makes for uh, a hilarious series of misunderstandings. Um, And it's very funny. I think Gregory Peck and Lauren Bacall are very good in this. Um, The plot is wild and out there um but it's so fun to watch uh both of these two people kind of connect um and and argue on on screen um this is originally the idea for this movie actually came from a costume designer um who was designing gowns and dresses for for movies and um stage shows um and so she kind of came up with this original concept um and worked with Gregory. George Wells, who ended up actually winning an Academy Award for writing for this movie. Um, I think it's great. I think the ending of this movie is up there as one of my favorite endings of all time. (laughs) It is hilarious and fun, um, and I I think everybody should watch it. It is available on HBO Max currently, um, and it is Designing Women. It's great. And so... um what is the relationship with this movie to like the eighties TV show? Do you know? Absolutely nothing. Okay. Just the name is the same. <laughs> Just the name is the gotcha. same. Yes. In uh, the eighties TV show, it is a bunch of women who are designers. Like I think they are doing like interior design. Okay. Uh, so it's, it's nothing, nothing connected at gotcha. all. Um, just the same name. Got yeah. It, got it. That is something to distinguish from. I've never seen the the show designing women. <laughs> 
and I can only speak for. And there's also, I think, a, like a 1930-something film also called Designing Women with a completely different plot. But I'm specifically talking about the 1957 movie. So, <laughs> so. Lucas, is it safe to say that, like... You have a particular fondness for movies from like from this era or or is that not the case? I think I think so. I think in general I I feel like that this it's a big gap in my movie knowledge. I think obviously like we know all of the movies that we grew up on forward. Sure. <laughs> um and then I think as you you know, in your teens and in your twenties, you catch up on some of the movies that might've come out before you were born, you know, in the the early eighties, the seventies, stuff like that, that just are very popular movies, but just you missed. But I think for me, at least a lot of the movies that, um, I missed out on were some of the really good movies way before that, that like no, no one really had access to, you know, and then, you know, in the nineties, right? No, definitely. (laughs) you couldn't find like designing women on DVD or on VHS somewhere. (laughs) So, so there's all these movies that like, I just didn't have access to. My family really did love older movies. So all of the classics, like, um, like West Side Story, American in Paris, um, To Kill a Mockingbird, like all of those like older classics that were out there we saw as a family. And so now I feel like I'm catching up on the ones that I missed. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't, I rarely ever watch movies like this. We'll talk more, I I guess. Um, but so it has, it takes like a really strong recommendation for me to be like, okay, I've got, I've got to find time to watch a movie from this era. Yeah. I also think a lot of movies from this area are very, I mean, obviously are very, uh, there aren't a lot of women involved in the making of the movie <laughs> sure. in, the, um, there aren't good female roles. A lot of times, um, they are pretty basic, like stuff like that. Um, that I, f- I feel like finding ones that actually are interesting and good, um, are a dime a dozen. Sure, so sure, <laughs> sure. when I find them, they always end up being very exciting for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, well, I, I hate to take over, but I feel like this is the perfect opportunity for us to talk about the Oscar bet. It absolutely is. <laughs> For those who don't know, every year we bet on our Oscar predictions, um, and whoever loses has to watch a movie that the other one picks for um, for them that they haven't seen and they probably wouldn't end up seeing otherwise. Um, and last year, not to rub it in, uh, but I won. <laughs> oh, and you won big last year, too. I, I did. I did. I, I came out ahead. I think you took a bunch of risks last year. Yeah, last year, year which, the theme was risks for me. Yes. Yes. Which I think... Uh, was a good move. It didn't end up winning, but yeah. um, I, re- I respect the try for sure. sure. Um, I, I played it safe and, and definitely won <laughs> last year. Um, and the movie that I chose for you was The Apartment, talking about the old movies again. Um, I would love to hear what you thought of The Apartment. Yeah, so I remember when you told me that um, the movie you picked was The Apartment, I was so um, grateful and excited because this is a movie I've always heard that is really very good. Um, I am particularly a big fan of rom-coms. And so I've always heard that like, this is one of like the top tier of like old classic Mm rom-coms. Um, and so, yeah, I was excited that this was the movie that I like quote unquote had to watch. Um, and I watched it last night. Um, there is a lot in the apartment that I really, really liked that I was like really swept away by. Um, 
it's for anyone who is not familiar, the premise of the apartment is a um, man living in Manhattan lets uh, who works at like a big company. He lets executives at his company use his apartment um, so they can like spend time with their mistresses. Um, so his apartment is always has men coming in and out of it, using it with their mistresses. Um, and then, you know, something happens one night with one of those instances. Um, it stars Jack Lemon and Shirley MacLaine. And, um, I didn't know anything about the apartment other than that, like brief premise idea. Like Mm -hmm. I had no, I, it was not spoiled for me in any way. No plot details were revealed. Uh, and I pretty much knew that just Shirley MacLaine was in this. And she's the only real name that I'm, like, very familiar with in this cast. Mm. Um, and one the, the best thing I will say about this movie is that Shirley MacLaine is such a star. Like, she's <laughs> so good in this movie. Yes. She's so charming, so beautiful, so winning. There, you know, as I was watching it, I kept comparing the movie to a lot of the rom-coms I love or more modern day rom-coms. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kept seeing little bits of Meg Ryan and Shirley MacLaine's performance. Yeah. Um, not fully, not like, you know, I didn't think it was a one for one, but there were just little moments where I was like, oh, that that feels like a Meg Ryan line reading, you know? Yeah. In a way that felt very comforting. Um, She's like the best thing about the whole movie. What I was surprised by is that the movie gets very, very dark. I won't. (laughs) For anyone who hasn't seen The Apartment, I won't spoil it. But for anyone who has, they know that it gets quite dark. Um, I can't remember. I don't think that anything like that has ever happened in a modern day rom-com that I've watched. (laughs) Um. And so I wasn't prepared for that, and it made it less of, like, a fun movie for me. It was like, okay, this is, like, a little depressing. Um, <laughs> still a good story, but, like, mm-hmm. not as, like, charming as I kind of imagined or, or expected. Yeah. Um, I thought that the ending was incredible. I I loved the ending so much. The movie is beautiful. I like visually. I um, there were so many different party scenes where I was like, "Wow, yeah. they partied right in the '60s." Yeah. Like <laughs> the one thing that they did know how to do in the '60s is throw yeah. a party. Mm-hmm. I want to be at all of these parties. Um, there's New Year's in a Chinese restaurant where oh, it looked so amazing and glamorous. Like. I wanted to be I wanted to be swept away there. Um, yeah. My my biggest issue with the movie though mm-hmm. is that I was not charmed at all by Jack Lemon. Ooh. That and that's a struggle because we spend yeah. the most of the movie with him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just I didn't see the appeal. Um, he reminded me. Uh, speaking of you know celebrities, people they remind me. Yeah. Of, he reminded me a lot of Seth MacFarlane, who I also oh interesting am not charmed by at all. Um, like his face reminds me reminds me of Seth MacFarlane oh, a yeah. lot. <laughs> um, not so much mannerisms, but it was also yeah. like, wow, I don't like either of you. Um, <laughs> he had his moments, but I didn't love him as an like as a performer, and his character isn't great. 
either. It's, you know, I kind of expected with the premise of this guy is like found a way to like make like work his way up the corporate ladder by letting executives use his apartment for their affairs. You kind of think that this guy is going to be like a a little bit more smooth or a little bit more of a opportunist. And he's really more of a schmuck. Like he's yeah, definitely. he's getting played by all these mm-hmm. men. Um in a way that's a little pathetic and not as appealing for a love interest, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I don't think he was sweet enough to make up for that. Yeah. <laughs> so I would say that yeah. as a romance, it didn't work for me. But as a movie, I really liked it, especially because I got to see how beautiful and amazing young Shirley MacLaine was. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. And the ending right. is so good. Like the ending really the ending if the ending hadn't been that good, I probably would have been like, ugh, this movie. <laughs> but the ending really turned me around. Good. Well I'm glad. Um I do think that is it's a pretty hot take to say that Jack Lemon isn't great. <laughs> yeah. I mean I, I went through, I was like, have I ever seen him in anything else? And like there's definitely movies I, I know of, but I don't know mm-hmm. that I've actually seen. Um, like, I don't think I've seen 12 Angry Men. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Or okay. what? The, there was another one. Like, oh, I've never seen Some Like It Hot. Um, and so, yeah, I just, maybe it's just this role. Yeah. I, I, I should give him another chance. I'm not, like, writing him off immediately. Yeah. But I will yeah. say, him looking like Seth MacFarlane does not help. <laughs> well, in Some Like It Hot, he uh, is in a dress most of the movie. So I think you'd, okay. I think you'd enjoy him more there. Yeah, so. maybe that'll help. <laughs> what I will say is that the actor that played um, the head executive, um, yes. Fred McMurray, I was like, yeah. I get it. Like, he was hot. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> and he is in everything as okay, well. Okay, good to yeah. know. So <laughs> you can definitely find some more Fred McMurray movies. <laughs> no. Well, I am absolutely glad that I made you watch uh, The Apartment. I am too. Um, I, th- I, think, I think it's um, a foundational yes. <laughs> movie for sure. So, um, well, this year, are you ready to talk about our Academy Award nominees? Yeah. So you know how we talked earlier about how Last year, my theme was risks. This year, my theme is no risks. (laughs) So get ready for the safest predictions you'll ever hear from me. Okay. Interesting. Because this year, my my word is risks. (laughs) I like us flip-flopping. So if I lose this year, we might just both go back to being just safe every year. (laughs) But I'm I'm, I'm really going all out Oh, I can't wait to find out. Um, Well... What we're going to do is go back and forth on on who says what their prediction is first. Um, And we're going to go through the awards list. And for the shorts, we're going to run through those pretty quick. But some of the other ones I think we can talk a little bit more about, um, unless you have anything amazing to say about the shorts. So let's start with with live action short. What do you have? I have Le Pupil. What great pronunciation. Well done. I'm clapping over (laughs) here. Couldn't tell you if it was (laughs) correct. Um, I do just want to say that I do plan, I haven't watched any of my predictions for the shorts, but I do Mm -hmm. plan on watching them because they're all streamable right now. My top predictions, um, Le Pupil is on Disney plus available. Um, I have the same, um, and I'm in the same boat. I have not seen it yet, but, um, I think it's definitely the front runner here. (laughs) Um, uh, documentary short, I have The Elephant Whispers. I have that as well. And that is on yes. Netflix for anyone who's interested. Yes, it is. 
Um, for animated short, where are you going here? I'm going to say the boy, the mole, the fox, yeah. and the horse. Yes. Um, for the uh, – I'm, I'm doing the same. For the shorts, they the Academy really loves to go for um, anybody flashy or famous yeah. who's involved in the shorts. And J.J. Abrams is producing this one. Um, and so I have, I have no doubt that it's going to win yeah. animated short. This one is streaming on Apple TV. And yes. I would just tell people that um, – the the short that is not probably not going to win, but I do find very charming that I've seen is a short, an animated short called My Year of Dicks. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's still on Vimeo, but it was at one time. Or if you went to, I think, myyearofdicks.com, you could watch it. Um, it's a 25-minute short about a, gr- a teenage girl, like, trying to lose her virginity. And I mm-hmm. loved it. So if you're wanting to watch something like that, I highly recommend. Definitely. Um, all right, moving on to international feature. I have All Quiet on the Western Front. Yeah, that's the Front. easiest pick of the this night. This is a runaway. <laughs> if an international feature is nominated for Best Picture as well, right. it's probably going to win international feature. Right. Um, moving on to documentary feature. So sadly, I am predict- predicting that Navalny, is that how we're saying it? I was saying Navalny. Navalny, that probably makes more sense. Um, is going to win. I am sad to say that because I loved all the beauty and the bloodshed, um, yes. but I don't think that will take the the trophy. I agree with you here. Navalny is the story of the uh, what's his name, uh, the Russian uh, contender going up against Vladimir Pu- Vladimir Putin, who got um, assassinated. Poison, I guess well, attempted poison. Attempt attempted. You're right. Um, attempted assassination. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this is available on HBO Max. And I think uh, people people love something that has to do with Russia at the moment. People really are interested in all of the things Russia. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, all right, animated feature. I've got uh, the full name of this movie is Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. <laughs> I have that as well. Um, yeah. Have you seen this? I have seen it. What did you think? Um, I think it's good. I, I liked it. I am not a big fan of the Pinocchio story in general. Yeah, me either. Um, I think this does interesting things with it, um, like setting it in uh, fascist Italy, um, I think is a very interesting look at this. Like Mussolini's in the movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's, it's a very weird Guillermo del Toro take on Pinocchio. Um, and I, th- I find it just extremely fascinating. And the animation is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Um, but it's just not my vibe. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, all right. Visual effects. We probably have the same one for this as well. Yes, I have Avatar, The Way of Water. Yeah. yeah. I don't think there's a contender for this one. No, so. <laughs> this and international film, like there's, yes. yeah. yeah. If if either of those goes a different direction, I have no idea what to do. <laughs> right. So, all right, moving on to sound. Um, my pick is Top Gun Maverick. That is mine as well. Yes. So, all right, we're staying neck and neck here. Yep. Um, for best song, what do you have? So I have RRR, Not Too Not Too. Yes. Um, if any other. Uh, if anything else wins, I will riot. Right. This is <laughs> I for sure the best song. I'm so looking forward to this being performed at the Oscars. Me too. I uh, I I feel like it cannot do justice to the movie, but I I'm very excited to see them try. Yeah, I mean, so. do we? I don't know anything. Do we know if the lead actors are performing? They are it? not. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, interesting. Which understandable. Like, yeah. yeah. I get it. <laughs> um, I wonder if they're going to be at the Oscars. I hope so. I think it would be fantastic to see them. Yeah. 
Um, I do think that Stephanie Sue from Everything Everywhere mm-hmm. All at Once is performing the song from Everything Everywhere All at Once that is nominated. Oh, nice. Like as one of the people performing it. Yeah. 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 Um, no, that'll be fun. Which, uh, yeah, I think it's really cool. Cool. All right. Moving on to best score. Here is uh, the movie I have not seen, Babylon. <laughs> I The same. I agree. Yeah. Um. And then production design, Babylon as well. Also Babylon, yeah. yes. I think I think both of those are um, pretty much a lock as well. Um, I think just with the amount of access in that movie, <laughs> it's it's hard to beat that on production design. Yeah. So I, for my point of view, I would say all of the awards that we've just gone through are the ones mm-hmm. that are like pretty much locks. Like everyone agrees on these. There's, I agree. If there's a surprise, like anything besides one of these would be quite a surprise. Um, and then Agreed. from here on is where we get into like the closer calls. Yes. Yes. I agree with you. Um, so let's get into the close calls here. Here might be our first um, upset. Makeup and hairstyling. So I'm going to stick with Elvis. Okay. I'm also going to stick with okay. Elvis. <laughs> I actually think Elvis is the, uh, the underdog here. Uh, I don't think it's a... a a short underdog i think it's very close but i think the whale has been getting most of the attention for this mm-hmm. one um but i i think elvis is gonna pull through yeah i do too um i think it has more goodwill surrounding it yes um, yes the whale is a complicated movie that i think people have a hard time voting for right. <laughs> even if it should win something right. so um yeah so i definitely think elvis is gonna come through so next is film editing here I also have Elvis. <laughs> okay, that's really that's an, actually a very interesting pick. Um, I have everything everywhere all at once. All right. Um, what I'm surprised to hear you say Elvis though, because I feel like the second runner up for this category is Top Gun. Did I write this down wrong? <laughs> am I am I going against my own best interest by telling you that? Uh, yes. No, I have everything everywhere all at once. I wrote down my predictions wrong okay. based on this. No, you're right. <laughs> you're right. I also have everything everywhere okay. all at once for film editing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, like, I haven't heard anyone talk about this for editing. I actually do think the editing is very good in oh, okay. it. But I... <laughs> that makes sense. You know, Baz Luhrmann. Yeah. I think the editing is actually phenomenal. Um, but yeah, no, everything everywhere all at once is definitely... Okay. Um, okay. I had him switch. Great. Okay. Costume design. Here we go. Okay. Costume design. I have Elvis. <laughs> I have Elvis as well. Yes. There we go. Um, I think the the close call in this case is Black Panther. I think so. Um, I have not seen Black Panther. Yeah, so neither have I. So I can't really comment on that. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> but... we know that Black Panther, like, yeah. we've seen the original. Like, the costumes are incredible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did Black Panther yes, win costumes? Sure. I think it did. It did win. It did win costumes. Yeah. Ruth Carter won it that time. Yeah. Um, which I think was one of the first, I think, upper tier Academy Awards that a Marvel movie had won mm. um, at that point yeah. in time, um, which was really impressive. So, um, okay. Now that I've botched the order, <laughs> let's go. Cinematography is next. Okay. So. <laughs> We have 10 left, and so far you and I are in complete agreement. We are, yeah. I think here's where it all falls apart. Okay, great. I mean, not not on cinematography. Great, but, but we're getting I there. We're, we're getting okay, there. Okay, cinematography I do think is a lock, and I do think it's yeah. all quiet on the Western front. Yep, agreed there. So um, now on to the fun oh, ones. Before we so, move oh, yes. on, I do just want to say that like I haven't seen the movie, so I'm not judging all quiet on the Western front, but mm-hmm. there are just like, a lot of movies that – 
should have been nominated for cinematography that didn't get nominated. Yeah. Um, the re- the rest of the the movies I was going to go through the full nominations, yeah. but I, I also want to do that for cinematography yeah, <laughs> just because I think it's a wild list. So for cinematography, we have All Quiet on the Western Front, Elvis, Tar, Empire of Light, and Bardo. The only two movies that I thought were um, uh, passable movies on this list were Tar and All Quiet on the Western Front. Tar is the only one that I actually liked. Yeah, Tar is <laughs> Tar makes a lot of sense to me. It's yeah. wild to me that Nope did not get onto this list. I know. it's It really um, is. That Nope didn't get a nomination at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, I'm also going to say Avatar should be on this yeah. list. I agree. Um, I really agree. Yeah. And so that the, that's really baffling to me. I think, it, I think it's wild that All Quiet on the Western Front is going to win this <laughs> in a field that really there's a lot of other yeah. ones that aren't even okay. nominated that could have won this. Also, so. um... The Fablemans, I would have put yeah. on this list. I agree. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's just and yeah. and this is like a, a category that I think is like really special. Um, so it's it's kind of mm-hmm. a bummer to see the the category not be as exciting this year. I agree. I think Baz Luhrmann usually gets nominated in this category, which I'm not um, mad at. Right. Right. Um, Inurito. You know, he get he gets his traditional nomination yeah. in this category. And then Roger Deakins shot Empire of Light, so he's in there here as well. Oh, that makes but sense. These are, yeah, but these are just movies that are not good, and I don't think the cinematography is special. Yeah. Um, these are just people who are kind of known for having movies with great cinematography. Sure. So it is what it is. Yeah. Um, so moving on to Best Original Screenplay. So the nominees here are The Banshees of Inishirin, The Fablemans, Tar, Triangle of Sadness, and everything everywhere all at once here i have the banshees of inishirin i have that as well oh all right we are still sticking close together here i think this was one that could go either way between the banshees and everything everywhere all at once i just think right now there's so much love for banshees um that i i think it's gonna pull through on this yeah this is a place where it, it really does like stand above so also i think there's a lot of goodwill for everything everywhere all at once right now but Mm-hmm. The critique that I think people could have on it is like the the script is a little all over the place, like you yes. know, yep, <laughs> intentionally okay. all over the place, um, yeah. in a way that Banshees is very like solemn and you know like respectable. Mm-hmm. And I think flashy is a weird thing to say about like a, a, a script, but I just think like right. the dialogue in Banshees is just like so good and pitter patter and like all this stuff that people recognize as like, Oh, this is really good. Right. So, um, all right, moving on to best adapted screenplay. I'm really we have... ready for your risks. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. I feel, <laughs> I thought I had more risks in here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we have glass onion. We have living top gun maverick. All Quiet on the Western Front, and Women Talking. So my prediction is All Quiet on the Western Front, solely based on buzz. Um, But I am a huge fan of Women Talking. Um, I haven't seen All Quiet on the Western Front, so I can't even judge what the screenplay is like. I'm going to have to rely on you for that. Um, I'm very curious if this is where you're going to be taking your risk. Sandra, yes, this was my risk, but it was All Quiet on the Western Front. Oh my gosh! (laughs) Uh, I think Women Talking is the front runner for this. I think people recognize, like, this is the place that it will get recognized, mm-hmm. if it gets recognized, um, is in the adapted screenplay. Well, I think with... 
Go ahead. Oh, go for I, it. I, I, I just really say, with... say I was just gonna say I really hope so because I I I hope so too. This is one. This is the one that I want them to win. And I think with the amount of characters all talking at once, um, all in the frame at once for a lot of this movie, the screenplay has to be extremely sharp. And I think it is. And I think it should win. And I think for a lot of people, it is the front runner. And I think All Quiet on the Western Front has a lot of buzz right now. And I think it could steal it away. Interesting. So tell me, do you think it's a good screenplay? Like, No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I hope people recognize that. I mean, it's not a bad screenplay. I just think like compared to Women Talking. um, Also, I've got to say like. Normally, war movies aren't known for their screenplays. Like they're they're not. <laughs> it's like they're not. all about the music and the it is. move and the action. Yeah, yeah. So, and I I think I mean uh, it's a war movie, so there is dialogue, but I think a lot of this movie is dialogue free, um, and so I'm interested to see kind of. <laughs> why people are <laughs> uh buzzy about about that i just think people really love this movie yeah. but i do think women talking is the front runner and i hope it wins okay for supporting actor we have barry kagan for the banshees of inishirin we also have brendan gleason for the banshees of inishirin we have kihi kwan for everything ever everywhere all at once we have judd hirsch for the fablemans and brian tyree henry for causeway i am very happy that brian tyree henry got a, a, a nomination here did you see that um, i did uh i liked it it is a very small, intimate movie. Yeah. Um, it feels like a uh, like low-budget feature. Yeah. It looks great and doesn't feel low-budget, but just like the writing of it, the story itself feels very contained and small. I think both Brian Tyree Henry and uh, – I almost said Jennifer Gardner. <laughs> Jeez. Um, Jennifer Lawrence are great in it. They're really, really good. Um, but yeah. It's a small. I movie. should give that a, a, a watch. Um, I, it's on Apple TV Plus. Yeah, so. I love both of them. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think this is Kihi Kwan's to, to win. Oh yeah, I mean, there's he's there's no no chance anybody else is winning anything here. Yeah, so. and uh, let me just say, I'm very excited about that. He is so so good in this movie. He is. He's what makes me makes me cry in this movie. Same. Same. And for sure. also, it's such Every a great story. Time. Like mm-hmm. him coming back into you know the limelight. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Um, okay. Here we go. We're do- we're doing it here from from here on out. All. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All risks. Okay. Great. Risk city. <laughs> all right. We have Jamie Lee Curtis for. Oh, this is supporting actress for supporting actress. We have Jamie Lee Curtis for everything, everywhere, all at once. We have Angela Bassett for Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. We have Carrie Condon for The Banshees of Inisherin. We have Stephanie Shu for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, and Hong Chow for The Whale. Who have you got? So I have – I'm predicting Angela Bassett for Black Panther. Yeah, that makes sense. I have Carrie Condon. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Finally, we have a category. Here's my risk. Um, yes, I think that Banshees of Inishirin is getting a lot of love right now. I think her specifically, people love her. She's fantastic in that movie. Um And I think Angela Bassett is going to have the same situation that – um, Glenn Close had for the wife um, in 2019. 19? Oh, gosh, the years. Um, <laughs> is that she wins a ton of stuff up to. And really, this is a, an award for her as opposed to an award for the role. And I think in the end, it's going to come down to an award for the role. And they're going to give it to Carrie Condon. Now, let me tell you what I really want to happen. 
Just like in 2019, where everyone was like, is it going to be Glenn Close or is it going to be Lady Gaga? Like, which one is yes. it going to be? And then yes. it ended up being Olivia Coleman for the favorite. Yes. Which um, was wild and awesome. Yeah. I would love if that happened this year and Stephanie Sue got this surprise win <laughs> for everything everywhere all at once. That would be amazing. I think if it went to someone else, it would go to Jamie Lee Curtis. Like, if the, if the votes get split, it would go to Jamie Lee Which, Curtis. Which, let me tell you, would piss me off. Because yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I love Jamie Lee Curtis in this movie. But if Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis wins over Stephanie Sue, who is, like, blows me away in that movie, yeah. um, that would be very upsetting. I agree. <laughs> um, okay, so we have our first, our first ups, our our, our first, uh, what is ups, it? The clash. Our first clash, yes, for supporting actress. Um, usually, we only have one or two. Last year, we had more. I think, yeah, because I took a lot of risks. Because you risks, yeah. and um, it looks like I'm taking fewer risks than I thought I was taking. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but that does move us to best actor. Um, I think here, here we might have some clashes. Okay. Here we go. We've got Paul Mescal for After Sun. We've got Bill Nye for Living. We've got Colin Farrell for The Banshees of Inishirin. We've got Brendan Fraser for The Whale and Austin Butler for Elvis. And I'm going to go with what I think is there's been so much momentum, which is Austin yes. Butler for Elvis. And I'm going with Brendan Fraser for The okay. Whale. <laughs> I think Austin Butler is probably the right call, but I think with the men, they go for um, – the person who's been around in Hollywood longer and who they want to honor as opposed to the role. Um, I think Austin Butler, I, I haven't seen the whale, but I, I would say Austin Butler deserves it for his <laughs> portrayal of Elvis. Um, but I think they're going to go with Brendan Fraser. Yeah. I just think that like if Austin Butler, I, I just think he's been campaigning for it so hard. Like he has. The voice and the old people love and him. the old people love him and the the younger people think he's really hot. I think it's like us millennials that are like really suspicious of him. Yeah, and it's <laughs> on either side. Everybody else loves him. Right. I think like Gen Z is like, wow, he's so beautiful, and older people are yeah. like, wow, he's so beautiful. <laughs> and, yeah. And yeah. Millennials are like, man, he's too beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he's got a Johnny Depp vibe that we're gonna find out about. Mm. Like, not to not to throw shade on his personality at all. Like, who knows what he's actually yeah. like. I'm just saying he's got a look that's a little Johnny Deppish that just makes me uncomfortable. Interesting. <laughs> so. I am mostly just uncomfortable with the whole voice of it all. The voice is, yeah. It's yeah, so yeah. comical. Um, yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> like, okay, so we, we, let's just talk about the voice for just a second. Okay. Because he is saying that him doing the Elvis voice and doing all the singing damaged his vocal cords so that like he can't stop talking like this like yeah he think like he's like permanently ruined his voice it's a lie right. and i'm just <laughs> like okay so does that mean like you're gonna talk like elvis in every movie you're in from now on like he's in dune is he gonna be doing elvis in dune <laughs> um so they have announced that he's not doing the elvis voice in dune they have started shooting dune and it has been announced he's not doing the elvis voice so, <laughs> so. yeah so it's all a lie. Ugh, I, I hate it. <laughs> Me too. Um, Me too. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, um, but yeah. We shall. That, I, that's my prediction. Um, I think, yeah. yeah I, I here's, here's a question that I have for you, um, mm -hmm. just slightly related to this category. Tom Cruise wasn't nominated, right, for this yes. category. Correct. Do, do we think Tom Cruise is showing up to the Oscars? No. Yeah. 
I don't think I so. I don't think so either. Um, but how wild, right? Like the the It would be wild to have Tom Cruise at the Oscars. It would be wild to have Tom Cruise at the Oscars, but it's also wild that the biggest movie star on the planet who's in one of the biggest movies of the year is mm-hmm. not going to be attending this award ceremony. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he doesn't care much about awards. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't need <laughs> um, to. He's Yeah. Yeah. And so I think the only reason I mean he hasn't done a lot of the award circuits and I don't think he likes doing interviews or doing red carpets oh, or anything have to like that. Answer for a lot. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean he has to he'd have to like act like a human if he did that. Yeah. So it would be very difficult for him. Yeah. So I can yeah, I definitely don't see him going to the Academy Awards. Yeah. Oh, last thing I wanted to say about this category is that yeah. my like joyous surprise that is not gonna happen at all, um yes. would be Paul Meskel like getting mm-hmm. a win here i think that would be very fun yeah um and deserved i think he's great have you seen other than, uh, you've seen after sun right yes H- other than that have you seen him in anything um i saw him in a great movie last year called uh i think it's called god god's creatures is that the um, rape one yes. yes i need to watch yes. that it's very good yeah. he's fantastic uh emily watson is fantastic um I have not yet started normal people still. Sure. Um, <laughs> let me see. There's. I feel like there's more. Oh, the lost daughter. Oh, I didn't know he um, was in that. Yes, he plays the 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 beach attendant guy. Okay. He's very he's very good. I like him in that too. Yeah. So, um, one everyone should see normal people. He's incredible mm-hmm. in it. Um, but one thing that I wanted to say is that like he's about to be huge huge like yeah he's yeah. gonna be starring in the gladiator is it a remake i'm assuming like mm, yeah um, something <laughs> which i'm not interested in but i know will be like a big deal for him yes it's a movie star part. right but what i'm really excited about i don't know if you've heard this or not yet lucas a project that who knows if we'll ever get to see it but that has been near and dear to my heart is richard linklater is you know making um what is it called? Merrily, we roll along. Yes, which is like he's filming it over twenty years. The Sondheim musical, bo- the boyhood situation, right? Again, and originally it was announced it was going to be Blake Jenner, Ben Platt, and Beanie Feldstein in the three main roles that would be filming this over twenty years. Um, well, Blake Jenner's role has been recast with Paul Mescal. Have you? Did you hear about this? I did hear about this. I found this to be incredibly exciting. I think so too. Um, one, if you, have you ever heard Paul Meskel sing? No, I haven't. It's great. He's, he's great. I mean, okay. I don't know that he's like a musical prodigy, like a voice you can't miss, but like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of soul. It's, you know, he, it's wonderful. Um, so yeah. anyway, I'm just like bright, bright future ahead for Paul Meskel. And this is like, I think this award show is like kind of his coming out, you know, yeah. to like yeah. the main American like audience. Yeah. And he's got some, like, big stuff booked in the future. But, like, I think he loves working with interesting people, yeah. um, which is always fun. So I know coming up he's got a movie with Claire Foy and another one with Saoirse Ronan oh. um, and another one with Josh O'Connell. Like, Love. he's he's working with people that I really enjoy. Yeah, so can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. After our actor corner, do we want to move on to Best Actress? Yeah. Now, this, I think, is the highest, like – the closest call of the night. I agree. I agree. This could truly go anyway. So I, I'm not even going to call this a, a risk. Yeah. Because it could it could really go anyway. Truly. Yeah. Um, 
which is why I'm picking Michelle Williams for The Fablemans. No. Um, <laughs> uh, but the, the nominees are Michelle Williams for The Fablemans, um, uh, Kate Bl- I almost said Catherine Blanchett. Why? I don't know why my head did that. Uh, <laughs> Kate Blanchett for Tar, Michelle Yeoh for Everything Everywhere All at Once, uh, Anna de Armas for Blonde, and Andrea Riseborough for Leslie, or for Two Leslie. Yeah. Did you ever end up seeing Two Leslie? I didn't. I, 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 no, no, me either. I just never got around to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going with Kate Blanchett. I'm doing so it. So am I. Oh, okay. We're doing it. We're really going for it. I think that I know Michelle Yeoh has had um, a terrific month yeah. <laughs> and won a bunch of awards quickly. I think Kate Blanchett is the front runner here um, and has been consistent with this award um, for, I know she did, she didn't win the, what is it? The Sag. Screen Actors Guild. Yeah. Uh, but she won the BAFTA. And I do think that's what's going to carry her over for the Academy Award as well. And, I mean, well, well deserved. Like, this oh, yeah, Tar, sure. I've never seen a more clear Best Actress win than the performance mm-hmm. in Tar. Yes. Um, I agree. Yeah. So that's my pick. But, like I said, if Michelle Yeoh won, it wouldn't shock me. And nope. it would be lovely. Um, she's incredible yes. in, in everything, yeah. everywhere, all, all at once. And it's um, and she's le- had an incredible career. It's you know, um, mm-hmm. so yeah. This this feels like the two titans really like going up against each other. Definitely, definitely. No. Uh, well, that takes us to best director. Um, here we have Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert. Scheinert, Schein, Scheinert. Yeah. Yeah. Here we have Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert for Everything Everywhere All at Once. We have Martin McDonough for The Banshees of Inishirin. We have Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans, Todd Field for Tar, and Rupert Osland for Triangle of Sadness. Yeah, this is a a group of directors that I'm happy if any of them wins. <laughs> like I know they're not I know they're not it's not a close race. Um, but I'm surprised that uh, I feel like it's been a while since we had a full director list that I was mm. like, yeah, good on you. Right. All all the way all the way down. So yeah, again, no women directors this year. Um, no, I'm trying to think of who. I mean, I loved women talking, but I understand I mean, that, that that that's who I would put yeah. in this list if we were going to yeah. add people. But um, and if we were going to swap people, I would swap. Honestly, I would st- swap Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans um, from a movie perspective only. <laughs> I think I like The Fablemans a lot more than you did. I think so too. Yeah, I think so too. Um. My pick for this is Everything Everywhere All at Once. Um, I think it's incredibly popular. Um, But I do think that even though it's, like, really popular and it's going to win a lot of awards, and this is the front runner for Best Director, I do still (laughs) think that that is kind of surprising. Like, you don't hear, like, first, these aren't first-time directors, but they're still very, like, young, new directors to the scene. Yes. Do not win Best Director. Like, that. this is not a category for, like, rewarding new talent, I don't think. Right. Um, this is usually – and this and this is where the Oscar usually splits it because even if a Best Picture comes out of nowhere right. and it's from a, a director that people aren't um, extremely familiar with and have a, have a longstanding relationship, they won't give it to them for Director. Right. <laughs> They'll give it to somebody else. Right. So, like, I I – fully expected like leading up in you know throughout this award season for this to be steven spielberg's to take like yeah you know, I agree. it's a movie about him becoming a director essentially um and so it just seems so fitting 
Um, but no, I don't think that he'll he'll get it. Um, I don't think he'll get it. But if it happened, it almost wouldn't be surprising. Right. It would like make sense for the Academy. Right. <laughs> um, I'd be upset, but it would make sense for the Academy. Yeah. So, um, which takes us to Best Picture. Um, now, as I said, that's usually a split. Usually, they do not give Best Picture to the same person they gave Director to. Um, so, do you have Everything Everywhere All at Once as your Best Picture? Of course, I do. Yep. I do too. Yeah. No. Which wow. will be really exciting. I remember when we first saw this movie, I was like, this movie's getting nominated for Best Picture. I don't think I actually thought it would win, though. Uh, I agree. Yeah, same. And it's my favorite movie of the year. It's really exciting to see something this new and interesting and unique um, possibly make it all the way to the top. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled that this is my prediction. And I'm... I'm even though it seems like a a for sure win, I'm still keeping my fingers crossed for it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I'm going to read through the list of nominees. We have Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Banshees of Inishirin, The Fablemans, Top Gun Maverick, Tar, Elvis, All Quiet on the Western Front, Triangle of Sadness, Women Talking, and Avatar, The Way of Water. Um, I, I have five of these movies on my top ten list of the year. Yeah. <laughs> Which is wild to me. I mean... I think we talked about it on our on our year-end episode. Like, I feel like there were a lot of good movies this year, but weren't a lot of great movies. Mm-hmm. So it does make sense that, like, a lot of the great movies ended up on our lists and in the Best Picture race. But usually I feel like there might be only one or two movies that end up in Best Picture that we, like, really, really loved. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a year where I make, like, I was excited to see most of these movies also. I didn't feel like I had to sludge through them. Yeah. Um yeah, it's it's going to be a Here's the thing about this year's Oscars is that I am I'm going into this with so much less like tension on my shoulders. You know, yeah. like I'm just yeah. here to like watch it. It'll be fun. I don't feel like I'm pressed about any of the races or like I have to watch it super closely so that I don't miss anything. You know, like yeah. I'm very, I'm going into this year's Oscars very casual. I agree. Um is this this is the first year they had to nominate 10. Yeah. Right? Right. Because in the past, they have had, they've been able to nominate up to 10. Right. And they haven't. Um, I do feel like that's the only reason Women Talking ended up on this list. Interesting. Which I'm annoyed by. Um, yeah. But <laughs> um, for, for me, this, this this would be in contention with everything everywhere all at once if um, if I had anything to, to say about yeah. it. But um but I do think it's the only reason it's on the list is because they have to put Ted on. Yeah. But uh, it's also, I think, the one that I would recommend everybody seeing because it's underseen, yes. I would say. Um, it just came out to rent. Um, right. On digital. So I think all these movies now you can see. I think, is Avatar still in theaters? Um, Probably. Yeah. I think that's the only one that's still in theaters. But everything else you can you can now see. Um, if you're wanting to watch all the best picture nominees. Yeah. Um, I'm planning on hosting some screenings at my house of some of the nominees that my friends haven't seen yet. Um, nice. Yeah. Uh, I still have people that haven't seen everything everywhere all at once. And so I'm like, wow. we gotta, we gotta get y'all. This is the one yeah. you gotta see before the show. Gotta, gotta make that happen yeah. for sure. <laughs> um, do you think, I know we said everything everywhere at once, every, everything everywhere all at once has it in the bag. Is there anything that you feel like if if something else were to overtake it, what do you think it would be? That's a great question. I mean, my gut instinctually, I'm saying I'm thinking banshees. Yeah, same. Um, 
a part of me also says all quiet on the western front could for some oh reason God. come out of nowhere if it came, that would be upsetting <laughs> it would be extremely upsetting <laughs> um no i think banshees i think like i think yeah. hollywood really likes that movie it yeah definitely um and yeah and it's uh widely available and yeah i th- i think that that would be it um i think that yeah like if let's see like if what would have to happen that would make me think that like a banshee's tide is turning i mean not really anything though because even if like i get, i think the only thing that would make me think that is if martin mcdonough won best director which i i right. don't think will happen i don't think it'll but happen but if either. he did then i would think okay wait something's happened and mm-hmm. it might be winning um yeah. but because even if it wins best supporting actress and best screenplay like that uh, that i think is normal i don't think that that mm-hmm. would Tell me the tide is turning. Yeah, they're not competing in that many categories. Yeah, um, against each other. So I feel like, yeah, I, I like there's there's no way everything ever all at once doesn't. I don't know why I'm having such a hard time saying that title. <laughs> um, there's no way it doesn't win. Yeah, but I do think Banshees is uh, what is the logical second, I guess. Right. So, <laughs> but um, so of all of the categories, like. If there was, if there was a surprise, like if there was like a big upset, um, what would you hope it would be? What are you rooting for to happen aside from the bet? Like let's say it would cause you to lose your bet. You don't care. Mm -hmm. What on on like a heart level, what are you wishing for? That's a great question. I think for me, it won't happen, but I want women talking to win best adapted screen. Yeah. That, that, that for me is just like the one that I'm like, you gotta, you gotta do it, please. <laughs> so I don't think it'll happen, but right. I hope that's mine as well. A- along with mm-hmm. Stephanie Sue winning supporting actress. Yeah. Here's the thing. I'm conflicted on that one because everything everywhere all at once is winning so many acting mm-hmm. like uh, awards possibly that I, I don't like the idea of a movie sweeping in that way. Yeah. Um, but I do love that performance so much. Um, I agree. It's very good. Yeah. So those would be the two for yeah, me. That makes sense. Well, so we have two categories, Lucas, that you and I are differing on. Best yeah, actor. A year of risks and it's also, for me, for sure. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's also interesting because it's best supporting actress, which would likely be early in the evening. Mm-hmm. And then best actor, which is at the, at end the end of the evening. Yeah. Uh, so we'll know we'll know pretty early on who's um, who's in the lead. Right. But there's always a chance at the end to come back. So Yeah. Um, I feel like in the past we've had a split somewhere around director and best picture for, for most years. Right. Um, this year I, I don't feel like many people are going outside the every, everything everywhere all at once universe. Yeah. So yeah, the acting categories are where all the close calls are this year mm-hmm. versus, you know, t- the best picture category where yeah. it, it often does feel like there are two front runners for best picture. Yes. I agree. Um, and this is you know, not as much the case this year. Well, cool. I'm excited to see how things play out. Um, I'm sure we will both be tweeting the red carpet and um, all about the Oscars on March 12th. Yes. So, Sandra, where can everybody find you? Everyone can find me on social media at Sandra Amstutz. My last name is spelled A-M-S-T-U-T-Z. Um, for Oscars specifically, I'll be retweeting a bunch of funny people on Twitter, and yep. I will also on Instagram be posting my Oscar dishes where I do – I make a dish for every Best Picture nominee, and I make it like a food pun-based dish. So yes. um, 
keep an eye out for those. Um, and you can find me on Twitter. I have resigned myself to get back on Twitter. <laughs> um, I mean, you have I hate the, the Twitter for the Oscars. App. You gotta like. What else I are you know. gonna do? I know. I know. So I'm back reading through this horrible app yeah. <laughs> that doesn't work well. No, it's, it's bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can find me everywhere at Lucas and stuff. Um, I mostly check out uh, what I'm watching every day on Letterboxd. Yeah, that's <laughs> so. where to go. Yeah, for sure. Letterboxd, I mean, uh, let me just say, it's the best social media platform. It's the one that I pay to use and I'm happy to pay. Like, Yeah, uh, it's a good one. They, they could give me no um, features and I would be like, yeah, I just love you so much. I'll, I'll pay for you. <laughs> As a cheapskate who doesn't pay for anything, um, I am not on that bandwagon yet, but it is the closest I have come. <laughs> so, this has been fun. Thanks. See ya. Bye. Thank you. Goodbye, Nick. Goodbye. Go away. I'll see you soon, okay? That's it? Go home? Yeah. Move along, Padre. Goodbye, old friend. That's it. That's our show for tonight, people.